Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So I'm going to pivot from the uh, uh, the employees of uh, Bojangles who uh, uh, got busted with the pot uh, and then uh, refused uh, to get arrested, and that did not work out well for them. One of them punched the police officer. They then got taken to the ground. She got taken to the ground and then still resisting. The police then delivered these strikes to the, the muscle group, the thigh, where the peroneal uh, nerve is to try to get compliance. Um, and that's part of their training, by the way. Um, and um, now, look, I, as one who is uh, I am against the criminalization of marijuana. So I also can. Yes, I can point to the uh, the interaction that law enforcement had with these two individuals was simply because of the use of the of the pot, right? So you decriminalize that, then there's no longer any reason for there to be this interaction. That being said, once you violate the law in public and the police officers come up to you and they say you're breaking the law, you are under arrest, I do not advise... Punching the police in the face, or actually anywhere. I don't advise resisting arrest. You should not do this. You should not resist arrest. The time to argue your case is in court. If you think it was a, a, a you know, false arrest, a false premises, whatever, no probable cause, you want to make all these legal arguments, first off, I would recommend you go get a law degree first. Then um, I would make those arguments in the court of law. A way to avoid getting arrested is to not break the law. That's a good way, I have found at least. Don't get arrested by not breaking the law, at least in public, right? I mean, just generally speaking, if you're hanging out at the bus stop, probably not the best idea to start smoking weed at the bus stop out there in the public where a cop might drive by and see you, because if they do, then you might get arrested. Then... If you are having the disagreement with the police officer about your use of the weed and they are going to arrest you, don't punch him in the face. But it got me thinking, because these were employees, or at least one of them, I think they both may have been employees of uh, Bojangles. Now, they were off work. They'd gotten off work, and this is not to slander Bojangles. I'm like, I like Bojangles. I do. I like their biscuits. Uh, they got good breakfast. I used to order. It was off menu, but I would order... Uh, the bacon, egg, and cheese with uh, with the steak, or steak, egg, and cheese with bacon. You could do, like, I would, well, this was, okay, this was like 10 years ago. I don't know if they would ban that now, but that's what I used to do. There's a, by the way, there's a hack also. Did you know this about Taco Bell? Not, I've never done this, but I have been told that it does work. The, the hack for Taco Bell is you order um, your tacos with no lettuce, if you order them with no lettuce, then they look really empty, and so they fill it with a little bit extra cheese. That's what I've been told. No. That's what I was told, like, uh, about, well, this was about seven years ago. As a millennial that grew up on Taco Bell. Pete. Whoa, 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 what are you talking about? You being a millennial has nothing to do. I was eating Taco Bell while you were in, like, diapers. How many times do you say, millennial Bernie, when it has nothing to do with 
all the time. Topic. All the time. Exactly. Right. But so you're I'm millennial Bernie. But your millennial status <laughs> has nothing to do with the amount of Taco Bell you have consumed. Well, I disagree. As so a we'll proportion, continue. as a, but as a proportion to the amount of Taco Bell I have consumed, because I'm actually older. So just by numbers, I would have eaten way more Taco Bell. How old are you? Thirty-two. Yeah. So I've got like seventeen years on you. <laughs> That's a lot of Taco Bell. Have you been Bell. eating Taco Bell since you were born? Pretty much. <laughs> but I was eating it since I was eating it since um, age seventeen. Okay, age seventeen until when did I go on PhD? <laughs> it was two years ago. Two years ago. Okay, <laughs> so let's call it to forty-seven. So what is that? Thirty years. So I, if I ate it, have starting you from birth, no, I would have eaten longer than you. <laughs> Thirty-two years. Right. No, but no. I've heard that. I've heard have, that. Wait, were you eating it at seven? Were you were you eating Taco Bell at seven years? old? I actually old? used to go there every at Sunday seven. after church. That's what we had was Taco Bell with my mom. I at swear that's what we did. At seven, yes, sir. Right. Um, yeah. I heard the but hack, that was though. once it a does, week. It doesn't work. What it do you mean it doesn't it didn't work? work for me? I've tried it before, and the the tacos still look sad. They still look really okay. Sad. Well, hang on a second. The tacos are always going to look sad. It depends on the Taco Bell you go to. <laughs> if you go to a Taco Bell in the middle of nowhere, yeah, it's always fantastic, fresh. And you go to some place, you're like, oh, I go to this Taco Bell all the time. Are you it's saying that? Bad. Are you saying that that if you go to an area that doesn't have a lot of job opportunities, people are grateful to have the jobs they have, and so they take pride in their work. But if you go someplace where there's a lot of com- uh, competition for the workforce, they may not care so much about Pete, the product they're slinging out the window into your car. That is so insightful, isn't it? God, I hadn't thought of that. Uh-huh. Always doing that off air, just. But that's interesting. Because I would always stop. So I, when I was going back and forth between Asheville, I would always stop. Um, I would always come back. Uh, so when I was working in Asheville, and for most of the time, uh, we, I was coming back on weekends, or Christy was going up to Asheville on weekends because she had her job here. I had the job in Asheville. We were going back and forth. And I would always stop on uh, – because you could take Highway 74, right? You can take that. I don't advise it because you got to – you hit every single stoplight through Shelby. Yeah. And if you're doing it in the afternoon, that's 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 going to take a, it's going to take you longer. Even though it's 10 miles shorter, it takes you longer because of all the lights. Because of all the lights. Yeah. But if you need to stop, get some food and that sort of thing, get some gas, like you got a lot of options. So it is good in that respect. Now, I would always take I40 to 321 mm-hmm. to I85. And there was a uh, there was a place along 40 I'm trying to remember. I think it was exit 100. Okay. Before you get to, yeah, exit 123, which is 321, which is really weird. But I would stop at that that exit, and I would pull off, and I would hit that Taco Bell. And if the Taco Bell was like, because I, sometimes I could see the truck was getting unloaded at the Taco Bell, and I was like, that's not a good. If you ever see the truck at the fast food place, like the big 18-wheeler truck, and they're unload, like they're that means they're, they're getting there. a shipment. And, and that not, means that all hands on deck, and they're all loading up the fridges and stuff, and you're yes. not going to get anything. The lo- the drive through is going to be long. So if I saw that, I would be like, okay, I'm not going to hit Taco Bell today, or the drive through line's really long. So then there was a Bojangles right next door, and I would hit the Bojangles. Or you just camp out and wait till the truck pulls away, and then you know you have fresh product waiting for you. No, that's not how that happens. You could camp out. I'm not going to camp out on my way home, though, like that. That's like a... Uh, that defeats the whole purpose. I might, as well just take, I might as well just take Highway 74 through Shelby. You do what you have to do for Taco Bell, Pete. No. Um, <laughs> and I take it back. It wasn't Bojangles. It was Hardee's. It was a Hardee's. Uh, yeah. 
I got to tell you, though, Hardee's did have the best fries. Really? Yeah. How about now? I used to, yeah, I mean, like, I used to love, like, old school Burger King fries. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Before they went to the whatever that they went to, and then they tried a different recipe. And I kind of like those. They were a little bit crispier, and then they went back to that second recipe. But they, whenever they got rid of whatever the, the fat was that I guess they were, the grease that they were cooking them all in because they were bad, McDonald's did this too. And they've never tasted the same to me. All the fries to me in the fast food world kind of just got meh when they changed out that, that fryer grease. And made it oil. better for you. Right. Right. They made it healthier for me. So now it doesn't taste as good. So I, uh, yeah, so when I went to the Hardee's right there, I got fries one time. And I was like, holy cow. Because I would just get the chicken and, and like. Oh, tenders? Yeah, the tenders and oh, fries. Yeah. I was trying to eat healthy, you know. So I got tenders <laughs> and fries at a fast food restaurant. Yeah, and mayo to dip them. Okay. Because obviously, you know, mayo goes with everything. The dietary fat. Right. It's a dietary fat. I mean, it was probably way too much of the fat for my diet. It's how I got to be 255 pounds, why I needed PhD weight loss, why they taught me like, hey, you know what, fried chicken tenders and a whole you know, boatload of fries with a bunch of mayo, not, not ideal. But I used to get the, um, i trying to remember, I, was, I, was, so I used to love the Mexi Melts at, uh, at Taco Bell. I don't even think they're on the menus anymore. Uh, that was the quesadillas. Yeah, but by the time, like... Some like by the time I was uh, I was topping out at two fifty five, I was getting like two quesadillas and one of the burritos. Yeah, that was it was a that was a heavy meal on the way home. I was ready to go to sleep by the time I pulled in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have you heard of the term swatting? No. Wait a minute. How do you, Bernie? How how are you going to represent? As a millennial and not know what swatting is. I've already had one millennial card taken away today, Pete. And I'm, <laughs> I'm ready for the second one. I've heard of squatting. What do you think that means? It's like, well, squatting like in someone's house. Yes, that's true. Um, that word has not been corrupted yet. That's squ- true. Squatty potty. You heard of squatty potty? You've heard of that? I, I, I actually saw that when it was pitched on Shark Tank. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that where it started? Yes. Wow. Same thing I, with the scrub daddy. I'm just learning so many yeah, things today. There you go. So, yeah. uh, no, Sorry. swatting is when somebody calls police, dials 911, reports, like if I were to call and say, my name is Bernie, and I just killed my wife, yeah, yeah, and then you get the cops to show up, so the cops shoot you. Oh, my God. Right. It's attempted murder. How are millennials supposed to know about this? Is this a new it's, thing? Yeah, it, it sort of rose um, through uh, on the Twitch streams and stuff. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So they're all go look go go to YouTube and you'll see all these videos of swatting. Uh, which, by the way, uh, I highly recommend that you um, uh, when you are uh, when you do your security camera uh, setup when you got to register your security system and stuff with the with the city, uh, you can put notes in there. Highly recommend you do that. I'll do it. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. Um, so yeah, so swatting. It's a way to take out people you don't like using law enforcement to do it, right? And uh, th- there actually has been, uh, there have been people that have been killed by police in their own homes simply because somebody online didn't like something that they did or said in a video. And so then they called the police and had the cops send the SWAT team and the SWAT team busts in and murders the, the person in the house. So I, like, I believe 
you do that if you are somebody who swats somebody. Um, you you should be charged with premeditated murder. That's a to me that's murder one, easy. Because that's the purpose of doing it. The only reason you send police to barge in on someone's home with their guns drawn is to kill them. That's why you do it. Now they could say, oh, it's just to scare them. Why would they be scared? Oh, because they're about to be shot to death, right? That's the right. So that's the thing. So along these same lines, I'm thinking maybe the interaction that these two individuals had with Charlotte Mecklenburg police that led to the viral video. Is it possible? I'm not saying it is. I, I have no information to prove this whatsoever. I'm just trying to think of all the angles here, you know, just running down some different motives and, and such. Is it possible that this was some sort of a, a swatting effort, if you will, against the biscuit makers? As I understand it, right, Bojangles, they got, well, as I, I, I know firsthand, they have great biscuits. They have biscuit makers. And so is it possible that this was some sort of a, a hit orchestrated by Biscuitville? Or maybe, maybe it came from somebody like Chick-fil-A or KFC, because they also have good chicken over there at Bojangles. So if these two individuals... Right, were identified as being key employees, as being, you know, big time awesome biscuit making people or chicken making people. Is it possible that this was some sort of a biscuit hit or a chicken hit? Is that possible? I'm not saying I know. I'm just I'm just wildly speculating here. As, you know, we do in media. Um, let me, uh, hang on a second, let me do some uh, some messages. This is from Russ. Pete, I once tried resisting arrest. Folly Beach Police Department failed to acquiesce to my request, however. Yeah, they do. I've noticed that. They don't tend to do that. Um, this is from uh, Dave. He says, Pete, I thought Chris Rock made it very clear in that video that resisting arrest is not a good idea. Obeying the cops is good. Sometimes simple is the best course of action. Yeah. And that's not to say that every arrest is legit. That's not to say anything like, you know, my feelings on the drug war and the decriminalization of marijuana stand. However, like to me, the line is when they are like, hey, we busted you for this illegal activity. We saw you doing it. We got the weed in our hand now. We Yes, that's that we believe this to be marijuana. We have probable cause. We're going to arrest you. The response should be, okay, put your hands on your head. You know, just get arrested. And then fight it after. But under no circumstances should you be punching the cop in the face. Like that's, that, that just highly recommend against that. Uh, Jan says, Pete, do you really want to brag about eating Taco Bell? Oh, wait, you are on radio it makes sense now. I don't know what that means. I'll give you a rim shot there just to make me feel better, um, as if it's a joke. Stan says, if you'd been indoctrinated your whole life by the mainstream media and public school system that law enforcement was basically out to enforce the edicts of the oppressor white class in society against brown and black people, you'd feel that you're justified in hitting police officers in the face and resisting arrest as well. Um, and then uh, Steve says on Twitter... On YouTube, he says, whenever the police uh, tell somebody that they're under arrest, a lot of times the arrestee will say, no, I'm not. 
that Jedi mind trick never works on police. Yeah, just a heads up on that one, too. <laughs> Doesn't work. Like, you're under arrest. No, I'm not. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, you are definitely under arrest. So uh, I'm curious. Uh, last night, did you hear what happened last night in uh, Washington, D.C., outside the uh, Democratic National Committee headquarters? Um, here's the headline from CBS News. Capitol Police clash with group protesting, quote, violently outside Democratic headquarters during demonstration over Israel-Hamas war. It's a very, very long headline. Um, it is on uh, their website, so maybe they shortened it down for t- you know television broadcast purposes. I didn't see it. But that's a really long headline. But I'd like to just point out two items. Number one. The framing of who is clashing with whom. Capitol Police clash with group. Protesting. So not protesters. They clash with a, with a group that's protesting. And it is the police that are clashing with the group. It's not the group that's clashing with the police. Right? Where you stack them in that sentence matters because of the nature of the word clash. It's a... It's, an, uh, it's more of an active word. It conjures up action, clash. Anyway, so uh, the next one I'd like to point out is the use of the term violently when describing the clash, which I'm not aware of uh, another way that clashes can occur. They're violent by their nature. So you don't really need to tell me that it's violent because when you clash, there's violence involved, right? When police are clashing with protesters, that's violent. But CBS News wants me to know that this was a violent clash. In other words, it was a clash clash. Okay. But they put the word violently in the scare quotes. Why would you put violently in quotation? We saw the video. The videos. It was violent. Yeah. Well, okay. Fiery, but mostly peaceful. Okay. Here's how CBS News reports it. Police and protesters clashed outside Democratic National Committee headquarters on Wednesday night during a demonstration for a ceasefire. So it's totally on brand. Right? We demand nonviolence. Right. That's how that usually goes. It's a completely consistent message. Well, they're calling for a ceasefire way over on the other side of the world. Not here. Okay. That's why they all are wearing the masks, dressed all in black, and the blackout outfits. Totally not Antifa. Totally not the same leftists we saw torching other cities for for the last, you know, five years or so. Totally not at all the same. Right? Not at all. Um, Now, I would point out this was also at the DNC headquarters. And so what we learned from uh, January 6th, remember the investigation of the pipe bomber, the DNC bomber, right? The guy who on, what was it, the night of January 5th overnight, or maybe it was the 6th. I think it was overnight, though, on the 5th, that they went to the DNC headquarters and they put a package under a, uh, a bench that later turned out to be, you know, some bomb. And it was, oh, my gosh, it's a bomber and bomber and whatever. And. Do you remember the video, the still shot video 
of the bomber. Right, like we got we we've got better, clearer images of the moon than we did of this individual who walked down the street, caught on multiple cameras, and then sat on a bench for a while, put a backpack down, and then left it. And they have never been able to identify this individual. So what we know is that uh, the video from the DNC, at least, uh, trying to identify any of these uh, these fiery but mostly peaceful protesters, uh, it's going to be of no value. No value. Luckily, though, a bunch of these idiots were recording, so we and then they you know got uploaded to social media. So we do see that scores of Democratic representatives and candidates, including House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, were inside the building for a campaign reception when it was interrupted by chanting outside. Protesters said that, uh, and this is despite what uh, uh, reporter journalist guy Dave Weigel put out there that he didn't see them trying to to block the buildings, you know, to surround the building or, you know, to lay siege to the building is totally different. Even though all the video shows that they tried to access the building, they tried to prevent people from leaving. Protesters said they wanted to block the entrances and exits to force politicians to encounter their candlelight vigil and their calls for an end to the fighting. See, so we're only looking... To kidnap you, basically, right? Because that's what I mean. That's what you're doing. Is you're when you when you um, don't allow people to leave. You, that's a like technical violation of the law. When you barricade, when you force somebody, uh, you know, into a room or you, you prevent them from leaving, you're technically kidnapping them. So that's what the mob did. And they want the uh, the Democrats up there to uh, uh, they wanted to force them to encounter the candlelight vigil and their calls for an end to the fighting. Once again, I'm not sure you guys understand how Israel works. It's a whole different country over there. Not sure you're aware of that. Demanding that the Democrats, who are now a minority in the House of Representatives, Demanding that all of the Democrats call for a ceasefire doesn't actually mean a ceasefire happens. At this point, I mean, look, Joe Biden, when he floated these ideas of, of oh, whoa, whoa, Israel, you know, maybe don't uh, don't be hitting Hamas so hard. He wasn't even on the plane yet. Right. He wasn't even on the plane yet. And uh, Netanyahu was like, yeah, pound sand. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. We are facing an existential threat. Clock is running before people start caving. People go wobbly based on these types of demonstrations. And by the way, these leftist organizations that are doing the protests, they know this. They know they have to keep the pressure on in order to uh, to eventually get Israel to stop. So they're out there protesting at the DNC, uh, trapping them in the building, uh, wearing their black shirts uh, that all say uh, nicely printed up all the same saying ceasefire now. It is kind of it is kind of interesting. They're always wearing black. No matter what the cause, they find a reason to wear all black. Like Antifa does. It's very I'm sure it's just coincidental. The situation swiftly devolved, as kidnappings often do. US Capitol Police said 
About 150 people were, quote, illegally and violently protesting in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Washington, D.C., but protesters blamed police for the violence. Well, that makes sense because they were, you know, at the BLM protests, so they have a certain opinion, I'm sure, of police. Um, They say officers rushed them without warning. Wait, so U.S. Capitol Police? Wait, so they were the aggressors? That's what the lefties are saying now? Wait a minute. Hang on a second. Where is that? Where is that Capitol Police officer? What's his name? Fanoni? Fanone? Right? The guy who was like the rock star who quit the Capitol Police because of J6? Like, where are all of those? Wait, so wait, wait, hang on a second. Am I supposed to believe now the U.S. Capitol Police is bad? That now U.S. Capitol Police might be the uh, in- antagonizers? They may be... Uh, uh, I don't know, escalators of violence at these demonstrations. This is this is an interesting development, to say the least. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply. At CarolinaReadiness.com, whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out the violent but mostly peaceful protest outside of the democrat national committee headquarters last night mm-hmm. u.s capitol police were there and according to uh one protester peaceful but fiery protester named danny noble who came all the way from philadelphia for the demonstration said quote It is shameful the way that nonviolent protesters and members of our community were met with violence tonight. It is absolutely shameful, she said. So again, I ask, is the U.S. Capitol Police Force, were they the aggressors here? Might this be a pattern? I don't know what's going to happen. Right now, there's a, I mean, there are quite a few narratives that are going to be blown up. Noble said that police, some of whom were wearing riot gear, <gasps> no, started pulling on folks that are disabled or have chronic illnesses, pulling people to the ground. Gosh, wherever did they learn these tactics? They must be brand new because, as I understand it, they never did any of that sort of stuff at January 6th, right? Inside the Democrat headquarters, police rushed into the reception and directed lawmakers to the basement, according to Representative Brad Sherman, Democrat from California. Capitol Police said six officers were treated for minor injuries. One whole protester got arrested for assaulting an officer. So I guess that one protester was a beast. Well, I mean, six officers. He got to six of them. That's what I, it's the only thing I can determine. They only made one arrest. Oh, no, I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to start getting all of the uh, FBI requests for help to identify everybody in the crowd. Right. I bet that's going to happen. Oh, and then we're not going to be able to identify everybody because they're all wearing the same outfits and they're wearing masks. Right. Almost as if uh, wearing all black in sort of a black block tactic is designed to create violent interactions and then avoid accountability. Almost as if. 
Congressman Sherman accused protesters of trying to break into the Democratic headquarters on Twitter. However, protesters denied that that was their intention. We were not trying to break in. We were simply trying to prevent you from leaving. Duh. The protest was organized by a coalition of groups, including If Not Now and Jewish Voice for Peace action that have spearheaded other demonstrations. And in fact, by the way, uh, Congress is now um, uh, overseeing the IRS and investigating uh, numerous Hamas-linked nonprofit groups while also working to identify others ahead of a uh, congressional hearing on terror financing, the Ways and Means Committee chairman um, says that their sites are set on a handful of charities that lawmakers worry seem to share certain ties with Hamas. So they're looking into that. There's also uh, anti-Israel protests being fueled by dark money groups, including, if not now, and Jewish Voice for Peace. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Up next, you got to hear Speaker Mike Johnson and high school debaters. You're not going to want to miss it.